just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. This is the Rational Boomer Podcast. We're going to do it again. You know, when I get up in the morning, turn the news on, read some stuff, it's amazing how much negativity is around us every day. How many problems are presenting themselves to us every day. We've got bad politicians. We've got a pandemic. We've got a government that doesn't always work properly or in our best interest. And it's real easy to get down. All this bad stuff around us. And there are people out there that take it personally or empathic to this whole thing and get depressed and upset and worry about the future. Now, the problem with that is you damage today by worrying about the future or agonizing over the past. If you want to get through your days and be happier and easier, now I'm not a psychologist, this is just what I've gathered in my lifetime, you got to narrow your focus a little bit, try to shut some of that stuff out, focus on what's important, focus on you and your family, enjoying life, making memories with your family, and moving forward in spite of what's going on around you. Now, I'm not saying you need to be an isolationist and not try to help out with those things around you. But if you let everything soak into you and you suffer through all of it, it's not going to be healthy for you. No matter what time you grow up in, there were bad things going on. I mean, it seems bad now, but the 1960s were just as bad. We had wars. We had assassinations. We had sickness. We had starvation. So it was bad then, too. 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. There's always something going on around us or near us that is negative or devastating or traumatic. So if we let all those things affect us all the time, it's impossible for us to lead a good and happy life. And we should all be afforded a good and happy life. So all you can really do, since you can't fix out all those ancillary problems, you maybe have to narrow your focus. Do the best you can for you. Try to be happy. Try to move forward. Try to make memories for your family. Be responsible for your family to an extent. Help them to have happier lives and more fun each day. Like I said, if we don't, if we suck all this negativity into us every day, we will not allow ourselves happiness in life. And above all else, I think that's the thing we are here for, and I think that's the reason we should be pushing forward and trying to be at least focused on what we do. I kind of took that tact when I was on TikTok or while I'm on TikTok or Clapper or even here in the podcast. It's real easy to take in everything around us and talk about it like I do. But I try not to get emotional about it. 
I mean, you watch my TikToks or listen to my podcast, you'll think all he thinks about is all that's going on in this country, all the negativity, all the problems, all the trauma. And I do think about them because I'm a human and I'm concerned and I'm worried about the future. But when I'm not doing this or not doing TikTok or Clapper, I'm not agonizing about it at all. I'm trying to be pragmatic and progressive and uh, look at it when I'm looking at it. But when I'm not looking at it, kind of block it out. Because I've got to make time for some happiness, for some fun, some joy, my family. You can't let all these things overtake you. And because you only see me on TikTok or hear me on the podcast or on Clapper, you think, man, this is all he thinks about. It's not. I don't even think about it that much. When I am thinking about it, I think about it deeply. I investigate it. I research it. I try to get the best possible information for me first, and then I pass it on to you. Hopefully it's helpful for you to get the full information opposed to the trash you get on TV and news because they don't give you all perspectives and they don't give you the full information. And even if they do give you information, many people don't pay attention to it. So all they can see is the sorrow and the negativity. All I'm saying to you as we start out this podcast, and I don't mean to be heavy about it, it's great we talk about these things. It's great that we are concerned about these things, and it's even better if we try to do something about them. But we can't let it inundate your life, my life. We've got to take time for ourselves. We've got to be focused on ourselves and our family and friends. We've got to find the joy in life, and we've got to grab it, hold on to it, and use it to our benefit. (laughs) Now, that said, let's talk about some negative shit. (laughs) I'm sorry. You know, it's, it's funny. I just get a lot of people coming to me and saying, God, you must be depressed. You just keep talking about this stuff. And I do. But I look at it as a job. When I'm done with the job, I don't think about it anymore. I don't worry about it as much. I mean, it's there, but I'm really more concerned about my life, my family, my friends, and my future, and pushing forward. And that's what I would recommend to all of you. This is all scary stuff. This is all frightening stuff, but we can't focus on it all day. Otherwise, we have no life. And the whole reason you're here is to have a life. So, have a life. Now, that said, again, (laughs) I feel kind of ridiculous now moving to the next topic, given it's so ominous. But all through this pandemic, you know, we've heard about all the negativity in this country, but we've heard about the horrors in all the lesser developed countries. We've been hearing all kinds of things about India, they got so many people, all the sickness and all the death in the streets, and it's horrific. But if you really knew all the facts, it would give you a little different perspective. Let me show you. Here are some numbers that will change your perspective. To date, India has a total of 31 million reported cases of COVID. America has 35 million cases of COVID. 
Now, understand what that means. The 35 million reported cases of COVID since the beginning, the USA is number one in the world for COVID cases. India is number two. Now, India has also accounted for 426,321 deaths since the start of COVID. America has 631,299 deaths. So that's a lot of deaths. We're talking over a million just between India and America. Over a million deaths. People that were here one day had families and lives and futures and hopes and dreams, and now they're gone because of COVID. Now, as you look at those numbers, you think to yourself, wow, USA is a bit ahead of India. That's crazy. Never would imagine that. But that's not even the scary part. That's not even the thing that's going to change your perspective. Because, you see, there's another number that makes it more ominous for the United States of America. You see, the total population of America is 328 million people. It's a lot of people. But the population of India is 1.36 billion people. That makes the United States less than the third the size of India. And that puts a whole new perspective on the fact that we're beating India by 4 million cases and close to 200,000 deaths. How is that fucking possible? They've got more than triple the people we have, but yet they have less cases and fewer deaths. That makes no fucking sense at all. I mean, hell, isn't America even more advanced than India? Maybe not in all things, but the perception is we are ahead of the game over India, certainly in healthcare and that sort of thing. But no. We're beating them in every category, and they have three times the amount of population. Do you realize how fucking scary that is? All our thoughts and dreams that the USA was better than anybody, the USA will protect us, the USA is going to lead the way, this proves exactly the opposite. A lot of people will be worried about the lesser developed countries. We kept hearing the horrors about India. Oh my God, I'm glad I'm here, not there. But in the end, it turns out that America is the viral cesspool, the place people wouldn't want to come, the most dangerous place with the most deaths and the most COVID cases, even though we aren't the largest population. What's that tell you? That tells you America is a fucking mess. And America isn't doing what they're supposed to do. We're not the leaders. We're not doing great things here. We're not measuring up at all. And the reason why we are in the condition we are currently in is a few different reasons. We've got a president, a former president, that decided that this was a hoax and that he would do nothing about it. 
Later, we found out that Jared Kushner, the person who was supposed to be handling the COVID issue for the Trump administration, somehow figured out that this COVID would only really affect the larger cities, which are largely liberal, so we can afford to let them die. That's seriously what he thought, and that's seriously what he passed on to Donald Trump. So he did nothing at the beginning of COVID, partly out of incompetence, but partly out of spite against those people who might have voted against him. And he did it in hopes of benefiting him in an upcoming election. That's the kind of animals Donald Trump, Jared Kushner, and the rest of his administration are. They were willing to sacrifice bodies in order to hold on to fucking power. There's no two ways to look at it. That's what it is, that's what it was, and that's who they are. The other reason we have this problem in this country, and it leads back to Donald Trump too, is because we have large numbers of people who refuse to be vaccinated. Now, we have people that think it's dangerous, that it'll put a microchip in our bodies, that it'll magnetize us, that it will change our DNA. We have some people in the uh, uh, that are people of color that are concerned, justifiably concerned about getting the vaccination because they've been lied to and fooled in the past. Now, some of you white folks probably don't understand that or don't know what we're talking about. And I'll be upfront and honest, I don't know everything about this. But in general terms, what I understand is back in World War II or something like that, people of color were injected with a venereal disease just to see what would fucking happen. Yeah, that's America working for the country. That's America that's allegedly not racist. That's what they did. And because of that, people of color are concerned about getting yet another vaccine. I get that. But for the people of color, you really have to look at the current circumstances. You have to consider what's going on. 150 million people plus have gotten the vaccine and people aren't being horribly affected. But they are being protected from the, uh, the, the uh, virus. I understand your fear, or maybe you're just making a stand. But whether you're a person of color or one of these dumb fuck anti-vaxxers, understand, if you don't get the vaccination, you could get sick and you could die. But it doesn't stop there. Maybe you don't get sick. Maybe you don't die. But what will happen, I guarantee you this will happen. Somebody you know will get sick and die. All through this COVID thing, people telling me it's a hoax. I know at least five or six people that were close to me, friends of mine or relatives, who died prematurely because of COVID. So don't tell me it's a hoax. Don't deny the deaths of my friends and family. I take that as an insult and fuck you for even saying it. So whether you're a person of color who's concerned, understand the FDA approvals are going to be coming out in the next month or so. 
then allegedly a lot of folks won't have an excuse anymore. But I bet they still don't take the vaccination. They'll come up with some other stupid fucking uh, conspiracy theory. But I want to appeal to the people of color. I understand your concerns and I respect them. And if I were you, I would be worried too. But at some point in time, we need to use some logic and make a choice that's best for us. At this moment in time, we are seeing people die by the thousands. People being put in hospitals and intubated. And then being sorry for not being vaccinated. I want to make sure that people of color and the anti-vaxxers understand that. Even if you are safe, don't expect there not to be people around you that get sick or die. Because it's going to happen. It will happen. It happened to me. It happened to everybody I know. And it will happen to you. We don't want to see more deaths. We have to use logic. And we have to be pragmatic about it. If you see a burning building, you don't run into it unless you're trying to save a child or something like that. But you don't run into it to get some possession because you know you're going to get burned and you know you're going to die. So you don't walk into situations where there is a chance you will get COVID-19. Granted, the odds of you getting sick and dying are small. But if it means my children get sick and die, I want zero risk. On that. And that's really the big problem here. I'm not even worried about the people that don't get vaccinated. You know, if you don't want to get vaccinated, you want to get sick and ultimately die, that's on you. My biggest concern here is the children 12 and under who can't get vaccinated as yet. I have grandkids, nine and 15 months, they can't be vaccinated. So if they happen to be put in a situation with some anti-vaxxers who are just doing their 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 proud rights and, 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 and exercising whatever amendment, that's fine. But if you get my kids or grandkids infected because of your fucking personal stupid attitude, now I'm going to be pissed. You see, your rights end the moment you start infringing on somebody else's rights. Then it becomes a problem. So you cannot get vaccinated for your own sake and, and, and take your risk, but you're not just risking your life. You're risking the lives of kids, even your own kids. If you don't get vaccinated and you have two or three kids running at the, out the house, they're at risk. Did you know that when this started, they were calling it the boomer remover? The millennials were calling it the boomer remover remover. Very funny. But that's what they'd call it because it was only old people that were getting sick and dying. Do you know what the average age of the person getting sick and dying is right now from COVID? 37 years old. And younger people are being brought in and becoming seriously sick as well. This pandemic, this virus is mutating. And it's affecting people in different ways, faster and more severely. If we don't get the people vaccinating, we not only get people getting sick and dying, we risk yet another mutation. 
We know that the Delta variation is worse and more dangerous than COVID-19. Now, if it mutates again by shuffling through all these anti-vaxxers, then it could get worse. And then maybe it gets worse enough where the people that are vaccinated aren't protected enough. Then we have to go through this whole vaccination process again. We have to wait and it takes forever and then there's more death. You got to think outside yourself when it comes to your choice of being vaccinated. If you're just too lazy to go in and get it, get it because bad things will happen if you don't. It may not be as severe as death, but you're likely to get sick. And if you get sick, you're likely to spread it to other people. It was that when you had COVID-19, you could spread it to one or two people, likely. And now it's like five to seven. You can see how it's getting worse. And it just doesn't involve you anymore. It involves people around you, the children in your family, the children in the store that you happen to walk by. It's not just about you. It's not just about whether you're going to risk your life. You're risking the lives of everybody you come in contact with if you happen to be infected with the Delta variant, especially. So anyway, that's my rant on COVID. It's a much bigger situation than some people let on. And it's very serious. And people keep dying. And America... America is supposed to be the best in the world, the most progressive, the safest, the best health. But right now, we're the fucking worst. We need to act like it. We've got a fire raging, and we need to put it out. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be right back talking about some other stuff. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, we have a couple of other things we want to talk about in the second half of this program, the Rational Boomer podcast. By the way, I want to say the listens are going up steadily on the Rational Boomer podcast. It's growing. I know a lot of people out there, whether it be TikTok or podcast, they want to grow their followers or listeners to huge numbers right away. I'm not worried about that. I'd rather build it slowly and steadily with the people who want to be here and the people that I appreciate for being here, whether it be on TikTok, the podcast, or uh, Clapper for that matter. Not as sold on Clapper yet, but I'll do it. What the hell? I'll support those bigger creators. But I want to appreciate the fact that we are growing with the uh, podcast now, too. And that is a welcome relief to me. The whole point of what I do on TikTok or Clapper or anywhere else is to get people to ultimately come to the podcast. And it's not because I get more time to talk. Well, it kind of is. When you do the podcast like we're doing it, I can talk about the same things I do on TikTok or Clapper or whatever. 
but I don't have any time constraints. I'll take as much time as I need to get the information out. And sometimes it's hard to get all the information and have the same impact on a TikTok, even if it's three minutes. It's easier to do that in the podcast. And secondly, there are no constraints, technically. I guess if I really got crazy, they might say something, but there is no constraints And there is nobody who's going to cancel me like they would on TikTok if I allowed them to do that. So this is the safe zone, as it were, to talk about the things we talk about. And uh, that's why I'm so concerned and so interested in having you folks tell your friends, neighbors, and colleagues if they are a like mind to tune in to the Rational Boomer podcast. We're here a few times a week. We talk about the same things on TikTok and Clapper. We expand on them. And these are all important issues going on in this country and in this world today. I encourage you to ask questions, make comments. You can do that at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm, look for Rational Boomer Podcast, and leave a voicemail message. I'd love to hear from you. Anyway, let's get down to some of the news that is happening. And we've had some pretty fucked up stuff, to be perfectly honest with you. So we know that uh, Andrew Cuomo is the governor of New York, and he's been under investigation for sexually harassing 11 women. Now, the attorney general from New York, Letitia James, was heading up, um, or actually put together an independent investigation on Andrew Cuomo, about his sexual harassment claims. They had 179 witnesses, 74,000 pieces of evidence. And then the AG came out and said, yes, we believe that all these claims are true. We believe the women. Then Andrew Cuomo comes out and says, "Uh, no, I didn't do it. It's all lies. Yeah, all the women are lying. Don't you love these abusers? They're telling the truth, but 11 women are lying about Andrew Cuomo. 28 women are lying about Donald Trump. Five or six or more people were lying about Brett Kavanaugh. When in this country are we going to start believing the women and not believing the fucking creeps that take advantage of these people? It's appalling. And I don't care what any of them say. I believe the woman first. We should look into it based on what the women said, not what the abusers have done or said leading up to this. So anyway, this investigation comes out. He does a pre-recorded speech. He didn't do it in front of anybody. He wasn't taking any questions. Why? Because he's a fucking coward like all the other abusers. They're fucking cowards. They can't answer the questions, so they don't allow questions. He does this pre-recorded thing, and he's solemn and somber and says, that's just not me. I don't do those sorts of things. I had somebody in my life that was sexually abused. I understand the pain and the trouble and the sorrow. I could never do that. And that's what these narcissists do. As soon as you accuse them of something, they make themselves out to be a victim and try to sell you on how they couldn't possibly do this sort of thing. 
And you know what? It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Of course he's done it. They've had the investigation. They've had tons of witnesses. They have tens of thousands of pieces of evidence. How in the world do you think you can talk your way out of that? But those narcissists, boy, oh boy, they do think they can talk their way out of anything. And they will continue to try to talk their way out of everything until they're backed into a corner. And once they're backed into a corner and their bullshit is no longer working, you know what they do? They run away and hide. And that's what Andrew Cuomo will do. Now, everybody in the world is telling Andrew Cuomo, you must resign. Joe Biden said it. And here's the thing you have to understand about Joe Biden in this situation. He's close friends with Andrew Cuomo and the entire Cuomo family. Can you imagine that? Having a close friend in this kind of trouble and then having to say, I think you should resign. Well, Joe Biden did the right thing because friend or not, that's what should happen. And of course, Andrew Cuomo was so fucking arrogant that he says, I'm not going to resign. I'm a narcissist. I'm going to fight this thing. Well, it's going to become tougher to fight this thing when the president of the United States says you should resign. When the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, says, you should resign. When all the AGs from the surrounding states around New York say, you must resign. When everybody in the legislature in your state say, you must resign. And when you still decide not to resign, the legislature then starts the process to impeach Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, they're going to fucking impeach him. But I tell you what, based on what I said earlier about narcissists, once they get cornered, they bolt. Give you an example. Richard Nixon. He was going to get impeached, but he didn't feel strong enough about fighting it, so he bailed immediately. He resigned and got his um, successor to promise to give him freedom, give him a pardon. So, this will probably shake out the same way with Andrew Cuomo. Everybody in the world wants him to resign. And no matter how powerful or strong or smart or rich Andrew Cuomo thinks, he won't be able to survive this one way or another. With all these people hanging over his head saying, get out, get out, it's the right thing to do. Even if he still holds on tight, This impeachment process will start. And once it starts and maybe gets close to an end, that's when you'll see Andrew Cuomo bail. Now, he may bail before that if he's smart, but if he's not, he will bail at the last moment so he doesn't have to suffer the consequences of the things he's done. At least if he bails and resigns, he could try to adjust the narrative, distract, dissuade. And that's exactly what he will do. Now, just because the attorney general of New York said we don't have any criminal charges here doesn't mean he won't be criminally charged. There are other jurisdictions like uh, the Maya or the Albany District of uh, District Court. They're looking at criminal charges and some other places as well. And of course, there'll be tons and tons of lawsuits, which he will probably lose. But the way it's going to go with Andrew Cuomo, he will resign because he's a coward. 
He won't ride it out to the end and fight it out because he knows he's guilty. All the proof, all the witnesses show that he's guilty. And I think the important part of this, too, is in addition to being a creep, he's also a bully. He's like one of these old-time politicians. You speak out against me. I'll take you down. I'll fire you. I'll transfer you. I'll oppress you in some way if you have the audacity to contradict me. And that's exactly what Andrew Cuomo does. He's like one of the old-school politicians, mainly because he learned from his dad, who was the governor of New York some time back. So, Andrew Cuomo is done. Stick a fork in him. He won't go through the process to get impeached. He will ultimately resign, even though he's refusing to do it now. It won't be too far off in the future that he will run tail, run tail and hide because he's got nothing. He's got no argument for this at all. I also wanted to talk about something that was kind of scary in our government during the Trump administration. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of shit that was scary in the Trump organization, stuff we knew about. But now we're finding out about things we didn't know about, and they are scarier yet. Now, you remember how Donald Trump called the uh, Secretary of State in Georgia after the election, and it was trying to coerce him and pressure him into overturning the election. Donald Trump lost Georgia, and he needed 11,000 votes. So he called the Secretary of State and said, get me 11,000 votes. Well, of course, the Secretary of State was not going to do that. In fact, he was smart. He recorded the call. So we hear exactly what Donald Trump said. What he did and said was illegal and unethical. And we know now that the uh, state of Georgia, the attorney general there, is now in the middle of investigation and will probably indict Donald Trump and others because of that very instance. If that weren't scary enough, there's something more to that story. You see, while this was going on, there was an official in the Department of Justice, the U.S. Department of Justice. His name is Jeff Clark. I don't know what position he holds. It doesn't matter. He is an official of the DOJ. Now, he drafted a letter that was to be sent to Georgia to pressure and force Georgia to overturn the election under the legal direction of the Department of Justice. Donald Trump and the Department of Justice were going to use the law to break the law. That's absolutely frightening. That should not be happening in this country, certainly not in our DOJ. So what happens is the drafted letter goes up the chain. It gets to interim Attorney General Rosen, and he says, Fuck no, I'm not signing off on that. That's crazy. And since we're talking about crazy, then Donald Trump pipes in and says, well, if you don't sign that and send it out, you're going to get fired. Well, that's even fucking crazier yet. It sounds like a Richard Nixon um, Friday massacre situation. So when other people heard about this, they threatened a mass resignation, and that would be embarrassing if 10 or 15 people resigned over something Donald Trump was doing. 
that was going to be embarrassing and untenable. So they backed off. It didn't happen. But here's what's interesting. Apparently, this Jeff Clark was also drafting letters to go to six other states that happened to be the six states where Donald Trump lost. Yeah, they were going to send letters saying that the DOJ is forcing you to overturn this election. Now, this in itself is anti-democratic. This in itself may be treasonous. This in itself is certainly against the law. But since A.G. Rosen stopped the first letter. That meant the remaining six letters were stopped, too. So this never happened. But the idea of something like this on the verge, on the precipice of happening in this country is absolutely appalling. It's frightening. And now we know. But the interesting thing is we didn't know about it when it was happening. And we are talking about Eight, nine months ago? It's been hidden for eight or nine months? Are you fucking kidding me? I cannot believe that we were unaware of this circumstance. Our country was in the danger, dangerous position to almost losing our democracy, and we don't know about it for eight or nine months. Well, this is where I have to get in the head of the DOJ currently. Now, our current DOJ under Garrett, uh, um, uh, what what I want to say, Merrick Garland. I keep flipping the names. Merrick Garland is the Attorney General of the United States, appointed by Joe Biden. He's a good man. He's a good lawyer. And he's probably a good leader in the DOJ. But here's my problem. He has been in for, what, maybe five and a half, four months. Jeff Clark is still working in the DOJ. There are still people in the DOJ that were working under the Trump administration and doing some shady things. So why is it now that we're just hearing about this? Why has something not been done like firing this punk bastard's ass out of there? Is it a good thing that we have some tainted piece of shit like Jeff Clark still in the DOJ, whether it be under Merrick Garland or whoever. I don't see how that's possible. I understand Merrick Garland might be getting into a situation that's kind of tough. He's taken over an organization that obviously has some corruption in it, obviously is tainted. Now, under normal circumstances, I would think he would come in there, immediately clean house, bring his people in, and Throw this garbage away. Now, I don't know the procedures and policies for firing people and hiring people in the DOJ. Maybe he's got some restrictions, but he is the attorney general. He can get some things done or at least get the process started to get things done. But it doesn't appear that he has. So now that he's AG, is he now protecting the organization, the DOJ? Is he now protecting it because he's leading it? which means that leaves a lot of trash still in the DOJ. And while it might be better that Merrick Garland is in charge, is the DOJ any better? Is the DOJ any more legitimate? This is the thing I'm having trouble understanding. If I'm Merrick Garland and I know the DOJ has been tainted and fucking corrupted, 
I'm getting in there and I'm stirring some shit up. I'm kicking people out. I'm straightening people out. But he doesn't talk much, so we don't know exactly what's been done. Maybe he has, but maybe he hasn't. He certainly hasn't fired Jeff Clark because he's still there. He certainly hasn't fired some of the other people because they're not there. Then we've got Chris Ray, who is with the FBI under Donald Trump, and he's got all kinds of issues with what the FBI were doing. That's under Ger- uh, Merrick Garland. That's under Chris Ray, But nobody's doing anything to straighten it out. The Democrats in this country, Joe Biden in this country, has to take a lesson from the Republicans. They're going to have to get a little tougher. Now, I understand under normal circumstances, there are more genteel about things than the Republicans are. But unfortunately, the Republicans put us in a fucking mess. So time, it's time to ramp things up again, to clean up that fucking mess so we don't perpetuate the problems in this country. Ramp it up. Get tough. Do what you got to do. Once you get it fixed, if you want to be more genteel, that's cool. But we've got a problem. We've got a pandemic. We've got corruption. We've got potential treason. We've got our democracy at risk. This is not the time to tippy-toe around fucking shit. you got to step up, get tough, slap some mouths, and get some things done. Now, I'm not sure that's happening because we don't hear anything. I can only hope that in the background some things are being done that we don't know about. But we've trusted that before, and of course, nothing is being done about it. That whole situation with Donald Trump needs to be exposed. Donald Trump needs to be held accountable for it, if for no other reason to stop it again in the future. Whatever Donald Trump gets away with now, future people in his position, whether it be president, senator, in the administration, are going to feel like they can get away with it too. And that's just going to cause more problems. You can talk about not indicting a president or just trying to not affect things because it might hurt the country. By not holding people accountable for these egregious acts is going to be detrimental to this country detrimental to the attitude of this country. And the perception will be very poor of the government by the people in this country. Time has come. We need to get some fucking things done. Yes, we do have Trump's organization indicted, his CFO indicted. We've got more coming there. We've got investigations in Georgia. But we're now about getting to the point where things need to shake down, need to happen, and we need to see some results. This is our country, and if we don't fix them and we don't hold people accountable, this country can never get better from a fucking virus like Donald Trump that we've been under for five years. So, that is my take on it. And I'm sure there's some people that agree with me and some people that disagree. But that's what the world's about. If you agree or disagree, don't hesitate to send me a question or comment. Rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm and leave a voicemail. I always want to hear from you. Let's hope things are getting better in this world. Let's try to get a handle on COVID. We're seeing an uptick in uh, vaccinations. Hopefully people are getting scared enough to get vaccinated, to protect themselves and those people around them. Let's hope that we get more and more people vaccinated. 
let's hope that uh, the investigation into the insurrection continues and uh, shakes out some more information about the horrible things that happened that day and the days leading up to it. And let's get some information about the DOJ and let's try to get that straightened out for fucking once so we can get this country back on a normal track. We have a lot of problems we need to contend with, so there's no time to waste. Let's not wait till a break here or a break there. Let's get this fucking thing done now. We need the Voting Rights Act. We need the police reform. We need the infrastructure. We can dance around and dick around and delay and distract and do all that stuff. Fuck it. Now is the time to start getting things done. That is on the Democrats. That is on Joe Biden. As much as I wanted him over Trump, he's under the gun now as far as I'm concerned. He's making his bones right now. He either does some things and this Senate and this Congress does some things or I'm not going to be much happier with them than I was with the Trump organization. The only thing I can say about the Democrats is maybe they aren't as corrupt. But we'll see about that. Let's see how important it is to them to take care of this country and to take care of its people. Because that's what we need right now. And if we don't get it, people like you and me are going to start talking about it, start making some noise. And we'll continue to make the noise until something gets fucking done. Anyway, I got to get going. I'll be back again in a day or two. We'll talk some more on the Rational Boomer podcast. You have a great day and uh, going into a great weekend. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.